Hello, and welcome to the Jim Baker Family Show. Coming to you from the village of Morningside, USA, snuggled in the beautiful Ozark Mountains. Our guest today is conference speaker, author, podcaster, and musician, our good friend, Pastor Troy Brewer. Our co-hosts today are Marcella Woodall, Mondo De La Vega, and I'm Ricky Baker. And now, live from Grace Street at Morningside, USA, here's your host, Lori Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jim Baker Show here at Morningside, USA, in the beautiful Ozark Hills. That's Mountains. right. Come on, yes. as you can tell, Pastor Jim Baker is here today by request of Pastor Lori Baker. That's she right. Actually, she told him, hey, you need to stay in bed. You need to rest. The man of God needs to get his sleep, and that's what he's doing. he is doing right now yes. currently. Uh, we know he's going to be watching this show, though, so Pastor Jim... We hope to do you proud today as we yes. do the Hi, Jim Andy. Baker Show. <laughs> yes. Well, that's why I switched it to the Jim Baker Family Show. That's he right. Because right. he, he is a wise man. He knew, hey, sometimes you're 84 years old. He just had his 84th birthday. Yay. And sometimes you need a little bit of rest. Yes. So let, we it's let the man okay. of God rest when he needs to that's rest. That's right. You and sometimes it takes it. wisdom to say, hey, you need to rest. Oh, and he so actually said, that. he actually, and you witnessed it. I did. He I actually said, you're in charge, Lori. I'm going to do it. You tell me. Do I go? He said, you're in charge of me, Lori. <laughs> I go, seriously, honey? That's I right. go, guess what? You're not going to go do shows tomorrow or the next day. I said, you have Ricky, you have Maricela, you have Mondo, you have me. We That's have right. a little Lori in the back. If we have to pull her out, she'll come on out. <laughs> the grandkids will be all right coming up next, too. So he, he's going to be resting. When he comes back, just prepare yourself for some power-packed shows. Whenever Jim Baker is fully rested, the world needs to watch out. Yes. And the way, you know, I love it because he built an entire network so that the prophets can have their message unfiltered. Amen. So that when God says something to a prophet... The prophet can just come on the PTL yes. television network and say it. And there are many ways to watch the PTL television network. Yes. You can get us on your Apple device or on your Android device. You can also download the free PTL app on your Amazon Fire Stick, on your Apple TV, or on your Roku. Mm. We want to ensure that you have every possible way to stay connected with us, even to the point of social media like Facebook and Instagram, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're uploading as often as we possibly can to ensure that you're bring, being brought the most current news possible. Yes. Mm. And when I say I'm excited about today's show, <laughs> it is too. a massive understatement. Yes. We have Troy Brewer back in <laughs> yes. the house with us today. He is the founding and senior pastor of Open Door Church in Burleson, Texas. Uh, Troy and his team rescue boys and girls from Amen. sex trafficking worldwide. Yeah, pastor thanks. Troy Brewer is a renowned pastor. He is a missionary and a prophet of our day and age. He's the author of nine books, and his latest book is titled 31 Battle Cry Declarations, Powerful Prayers and Decrees That Release Supernatural Breakthrough. Now, yes. that's something I want to talk yes. about today. And Marcella, am I correct when I say that is available that's through right. our Destiny Image Affiliate yes. Program? Yes, that's right. The Destiny Image Affiliate, it's on our website. Just go to the website, jimbakershow.com, and click on that Destiny Image Affiliate site, and you can order the book today. And I just saw, actually, they're including shipping, too. Oh, So you're going to get a great deal there. You can also call our toll-free number now. You can call that toll-free number, one 888 1588 and let the team know that you want to order the 31 Battle Cry Declarations book and they'll be able to help you as well. I feel like I could read Troy's accolades all day long, but we're going to continue on. Troy is the host of a program that we have on the PTL television network called the Open 
Outdoor program. And we want to make sure that uh, you go and watch that on the PTL Television Network. He yeah. is on our network, and we are so honored. It's 5.30s, uh, 5.30 on Saturdays and 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. We want to make sure that you watch that. Pastor Troy, can you hear us? And how are you doing, brother? My goodness, my friends, I can hear you. I'm here. It's so good to see you guys. I wish I was in the same room with y'all. I really do. I love y'all so much. We love you too. That's true. Pastor Troy, God has given you revelation on numbers and the meaning of them. Can you share what you feel God is speaking to you about the year 2024, the year we just entered? Oh my goodness, so much. And um, 24, of course, all the way through the Word of God is actually associated with the throne of God. So it's a tremendous kingdom number. It has to do with the priesthood. It has to do with worship. And it also has to do with when God encircles something, he likes to stamp the number 24 on it. So it's like, I will be a wall of fire around you and I will be the glory in the midst of you. So y'all know that um, the throne of God has 24 elders circling it. The world, the planet that you and I live on, has 24,000 miles around it and 24 time zones around it, right? I like that. 24 hours in a day. So it's a huge government number that has to do with the throne of Jesus. Uh, you guys are going to like this. Ricky, you'll like this. Brother Mondo, Marciella, and by the way, Lori, sure do love you. Um, tell you guys that... Um, the word lamb is found in the book of Revelation exactly 24 times, and it's always associated with the throne of God. So God is really saying this year, uh, you better get with this program because he's not playing this year. This is a dangerous day that we live in. Uh, we are living in the midst of an altered state, and we have to learn how to live at the altar in the midst of an altered state. So I think it has to do with things like that. That's good. No, if that's not a powerful, we must learn to live at the altar in an altered state. Yeah. You need to write that down. You need to burn that into your heart because more now than ever in 2024, you're going to need to know Jesus. Yes. We are truly going into a battle. And Pastor, you have written a book, 31 Battle Cry Declarations. Come on, that's a word in and of itself. It says powerful prayers and decrees that release supernatural breakthrough. Can you tell us what inspired you to write this book? right now? Wow. Yes, sir. I sure can. Um, number one, I am a, I'm a freak about going after the presence of the Lord. I just finished a 10 day fast yesterday and you know what? I'm a fat man and it's not easy for fat people to fast. I have billions of fat cells crying out, what are you doing? And I answer back and say, I'm crying out to King Jesus. If I seek him in a radical way, I will find him in a radical way. And if I seek him, I will find him if I ask. And it's so important for us to ask the right questions and not the wrong questions. And if you guys want to talk about that, I will. But And then if I knock, he will also open up the door to us. So this is, this is upon us. Part of that whole process for me is knowing the Word of God and praying the Word of God. So I want to make battle uh, uh, battlefield battle cries and declarations and say things like, okay, I declare in the name of Jesus concerning how I want to enter into the presence of the Lord. And I, that whole process has to do with scripture, it has to do with prayers, and it has to do with declarations. And what I did was I came up with 31 subjects, and every chapter is a different subject with the uh, declarations and with the prayer cards and with the actual prayers. And so it has all those scriptures, it has all of that within it. Amen. You just made a phrase, you said the right things to ask and the wrong things to ask. I think yes. it's uh, absolutely pivotal for believers to understand what are the right things to be asking God? 
Yeah, I can. Uh, for, first of all, I can tell you, Ricky, what they're not. It had, doesn't have anything to do with why. Anytime we come before the Lord with why is an accusation against his character. And so we don't get to have the whys of life answered to us. But in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost fell, there was two amazing questions that they asked. What should I do? What should I do? And what does this mean? What does this mean? And what shall I do? And so from that, I want to ask the right questions. Lord, is there anything that I'm focused on that you wish I wasn't focused on that is distracting me from something you want me to see? What should I do? Lord, is there anything that I could walk in that I've never imagined that I could walk in? What are those things? Lord, is there something you wish I knew that I do not know? And I'm asking you for that. You know, whenever the book of James tells us to ask for wisdom, I think that there's a very wise way you can ask for wisdom. And while I do pray prayers and say things like, <clears throat> okay, Lord, please give me wisdom. And I do that. And I should do that. Uh, there it's also skillfully crafted prayers that we should really think about and come before the Lord. Um, you know, with all my kids that we rescue all over the world, one of the things that amazes me is as they mature, if they're mature enough to ask me the right questions, you know, uh, past, past some kind of a place where we just say, well, Hey, you know, uh, why did you rescue me? Okay. I'll tell you that, you know, and they, and they don't mean that as an accusation. They mean that what, what was it that motivated you or how did you know to rescue me? What do you hope that my life will look like now that I'm rescued? When they start to ask those kinds of questions, those are people that I know, okay, I can sit down and I can be a papa. I can have a father, son, father, daughter relationship with this person. And uh, asking the right questions is what it's all about. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's and there's good. so many things that are, want our focus as believers. There's yeah. so many things that want our attention that aren't necessarily godly or good. You can turn on the television and everything is fighting for your undivided attention. But one of the things that we need to absolutely be focusing on is first and foremost our faith. But next, God's people. Yes. Now, on the morning of Saturday, October 7th, 2023, Israel was brutally attacked. Mm. What do you feel like the prophetic message behind this is? Well, it has to do with the year 5784. I actually uh, gave Pastor Jim my word with 5784, which, of course, is on the Hebrew calendar. That's the year that you and I are living in. The 5784th verse in the Bible is Deuteronomy, and it's in the book of Deuteronomy, and it's in chapter 32. It's verse 25, and it says, this is what it actually says. It says, it says that death will be in the streets, terror will be in the homes, and then it says the young people will be slain, the old people, and even the babies. Okay, that's exactly a perfect description of what happened on October the 7th. And we were already into the Hebrew calendar year 5784, and I was already prophesying that, saying this is the year of the fight. This is the year of the warfare. And it also lines up with 2024, and we could talk about that in a little bit. But Part of this whole thing that has happened is this. What has been exposed is this. Do you stand with God? Do you not stand with God? Do you stand with God's covenant? Do you not? And what's real is Israel is not on trial. We are on trial. We are the ones that are on trial. And who you stand with and whose voice you become a part of and who you support in the midst of this great conflict will greatly determine how the spirit of the Lord is made manifest within your own life or how the spirit of hell is manifest within your life. And it's just like Jesus coming before Pontius Pilate. Jesus was not on trial. He was not on trial. Pontius Pilate was the one that was on, on, that was on trial. And here we were presented with a heinous death, the rapes, the murders, 
the torture of all of these innocent people. And yet, as soon as the light shined on it, because light maketh manifest, people all over the world begin to scream, yay, we're happy that happened, or oh no, we will now stand against this and we will now stand with Israel. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. It's one of the things I love about this great ministry that I'm talking to you right now and the vision of Pastor Jim um, throughout the decades is you are a ministry that does stand with Israel. You're not, you're not swept up in the hive mind that the world has programmed people to think through all the various distractions of all of our news feeds, but rather you're people who hear the spirit of the Lord. You're somebody that waits on the Lord. And what's real is Jesus will come back soon. And when he comes back soon, he will be coming back with his church. And when he comes back with his church, he will be coming back specifically to stand up for Israel. So should you and I be. Amen. That's right. Amen. And we see nation and nation every single week. It feels like a new nation is declaring Israel uh, the enemy. Now, how significant has the conflict in the Middle East been according to biblical prophecy? Well, one of the reasons why so many of the Jewish people missed Jesus the first time is because they were trained through the Word of God, through Psalms, like Psalms 24, which is huge for this year. How will you know it's the King of Glory? Because He's the Lord strong in battle. They were always taught that this is how you'll know who the Messiah is, because He's going to show up to wipe out our enemies. So therefore, they missed Him coming as a lamb the second time, but they will not miss Him coming as a lion the second time. The Word of God describes the condition of the world, the geopolitical condition of the world to be one that is absolutely in total hostility towards Israel, so much so that the world wants to wipe out Israel itself and Jesus himself comes back to defend Israel. Now, this is not the covenant that he made with us through the Lord Jesus Christ as far as our salvation goes. This is a covenant that the Lord solidified through the Lord Jesus Christ with Israel through the covenant of Abraham. Those are two different, those are two completely different covenants. And everybody thinks that the eschatology of the church and the eschatology of Israel is completely the same. And no, it's not. Our destinies are the same. But the, eschat- but the eschatology is not the same. You and I will go to meet the Lord in the air, and we will be with him forever and ever, and we will come back with him as the bride of King Jesus. But Jesus will show up for the physical nation of Israel, and he will physically show up, and he will physically put his throne in Jerusalem. It won't be in Fort Worth, Texas. It'll be in Jerusalem, Israel. And you know what? The world for a thousand years will come under the reign and the rulership of King Jesus from Jerusalem meantime. So in order for that to happen, there has to be great hostility that's going to rise up against Israel, and we are seeing it. You and I have a front row seat as we ramp up for the book of, Re- for the book of Revelation. Yeah. Amen. You really could not have said that better. We truly have a front yeah. row seat at the unfolding of the book of Revelation. Yes. And Pastor Troy, we have one of your great friends on with us, uh, Skyping as well. It's Mondo. This is someone who truly dives into biblical prophecy and knows the headlines that match up with them perfectly. Now, Mado, could you give us an update on the latest news happening in Israel? Absolutely. I believe we're, we are living right now where the Bible says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And I'm looking at a list right now of nations that are standing against Israel right now. Bolivia, Chad, Chile, Colombia, Honduras, Jordan, Turkey, South Africa, just to name a few that are coming against Israel, but I want to I want to make sure I get this headline in because it boils down to this headline. 
King Abdullah of Jordan is warning Anthony Blinken there will be catastrophic ramifications if Israel keeps dropping bombs on Gaza. Listen to that statement because that statement is backed by this administration that is running America right now. Yet, what are we doing with Hamas? Millions of people are standing with Hamas right now. And I want to show you this report. And I want Pastor Troy Brewer to remind us once again what happens to nations that go against Israel. Watch this report right now. When you see what Iran's doing now, how do we and how, how do you judge how this administration has pushed back against that regime? Let me begin just by briefly talking about Hamas and hostages. I would argue that Hamas has used the entire population of Gaza as hostages from the beginning of this conflict. Uh, they, they've chosen to embed their, head, their headquarters, their rocket units, their forces in the middle of hospitals, mosques, and high-density personnel areas, which has put Israel in the very difficult situation of trying to determine proportionality when they attack. So I have absolutely no problem believing that the leader of Hamas has got, got hostages around him, but he's had a lot more around him for many weeks now. Iran is pursuing a three, sort of three goals. They want to protect their theocratic regime at all costs. They want to protect the mullahs in Iran. Second, they want to destroy Israel. And third, they want to eject us from the theater. What's going on in Gaza is subordinate to those three objectives of Iranian foreign policy. And Iran is going to continue to pursue those regardless of what happens in Gaza. What happened in Gaza is probably good news for Iran. They're happy to do it. I don't think they knew that the attack was going to occur, but they're certainly morally responsible for it and have supported the arming of Hamas for, for many years. This is unbelievable that in America and in the world today, we are standing more with Hamas than standing with Israel. I just got a headline right now that is developing. U.S. military showdown imminent in the Red Sea. We are watching war and rumors of wars. Pastor Troy, when you hear of nations standing against Israel, and when you watch thousands, if not millions around the world, you know, parading their flags, standing with Palestine, what goes through your mind as a pastor? How do you cancel the church in this chaotic time that we're in right now? A couple of things goes through my mind is this. Uh, whenever I see all of this taking place, you need to understand that the enemies of Israel are the enemies of anybody that loves freedom. The enemies of Israel are the enemies of anybody that loves Jesus. And these people are now among us. Uh, what happens to the nations that do not stand with Israel? Well, again, you already read it, and it's a one, two, three scripture. And it's a, you know, Genesis, and it's a verse one and two and three. And it actually says, I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. Part of the curse that takes place, as described in, Je in Deuteronomy chapter 28, is amazing to me because one of the big parts of the curses of Deuteronomy 28 for people who will not obey the voice of their Lord, which also includes standing with Israel, is this, your borders will be open and the alien among you, you will, you will have to borrow from, meaning they will take over things, that your borders will come open, aliens will come in and they'll take over the entire culture. And I want to tell you, we're seeing that thing unfold right now. 
the same exact thing that keeps the borders open and these these tens of millions of people that are coming across and 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 literally invading our nation and stealing from us in every single way is the same the same exact spirit that is leading that is the same exact spirit that you see that is protesting on college campuses and that is speaking in the microphones throughout the planet earth saying down with Israel and pro Hamas you know can you imagine Hamas are you serious? A word that biblically means violence, and it means it means a sick kind of violent. To literally call good evil and to call evil good is one of the traits of the last days, and we're seeing it right now. This is so important. You you talk about the migrants and the immigration that has come to our border. I want to get your take on this headline right here. Maine, the state of Maine. This is what they're reporting. This a few hours ago, Maine begins paying rent for homeless migrants. The state budget nearly 3.5 million to to provide 60 migrant families in two years of rent, which boils down to almost again 58,000 per family. Then a few hours ago, another news section reported that. New York City, one of the schools in New York City are now, you know, doing, um, um, they're doing Skyping, they're doing classes, uh, virtual classes in order to house migrants in their school. What happens when a nation takes priority over migrants, let alone priorities with their own people? Well, what you're seeing is a stripping away of our own national identity. So the identity of our children have been attacked by the same exact spirit. The identity of marriage has been attacked by the same exact spirit. And now it's attacking the nation itself. We are no longer a people that is loyal to the Constitution, defined by its borders, defined by the laws of the government. But now we are actually being told and being mandated to be victimized by the very people that are stealing from us. And to imagine, imagine this, Mondo, kick your kids out of your school so that you can move people in illegally and then you pay the bill for that. It's just like somebody coming to your house and robbing from you and say, wait, I know it costs you money for your cab to come across town. Let me pay for that while you come in here and you displace my family and you do this. Um, what, what, what I say to all this is this, it's on purpose and it's intentional. And it's not just a regional thing, it's a global thing. The reason why uh, there needs to be global chaos is because the powers behind it want there to be global sanctions. Now, do not be a friend. Uh, do not be afraid, my friends, because the Bible described this. It said it was going to happen. It said that by the time that Jesus returns, there will be a one-world globalist agenda with a one-world globalist religion, with a one-world that that there would be no borders that the currency would be the same and it would all be head up by somebody that's called the antichrist that Jesus himself comes back to confront. So we're seeing all this take place and um, you know, chaos is actually good for the opposing end. And that's why you and I as Christians in the midst of all this instability that we must be stable. That's why in the midst of all of this disloyalty to our own nation, our own constitution, our own laws and the people who support those laws and the people who actually fight to govern those laws, there's such disloyalty there. We have to be loyal and we also have to be loyal to King Jesus, that we are straight up kingdom people in the midst of this. We have to have 
have an answer when people say, why do you have so much hope? Oh, I know my hope and my hope is in the Lord. I am no longer going to hope and no longer can I trust, no longer can I trust in the systems that have that we've for so long enjoyed because the people that are in charge of enforcing those systems have nefarious attitudes and they have nefarious agendas. If I can uh, speak into this, Brother Mondo, I want to give everybody, just encourage everybody in this, because one of the things that's happening all over the world, including here in the United States, is the Jewish people are waking up and saying, I'm no longer protected here. I've got to go to Israel. I was in Cancun recently, and we were rescuing a bunch of girls out of trafficking. We shut down a big sexual trafficking ring while, while we were down there, busted a whole bunch of guys. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But while I was there at the resort that I was staying at, and we were having the uh, International Summit Against Human Trafficking at this, at this venue, there were all these Jewish Americans from New York that were staying there and like, what are you guys doing here? Well, we came down here to have a wedding. I'm like, why didn't you have it in New York? Like, you can't. We don't know who's going to attack us. Or, you know, we certainly know that nobody's going to protect us. And at the very least, it's liable to be disrupted. So there, we literally have Americans that are having to leave the nation of America because they are no longer protected as a free people. Well, the timing of that is very interesting to me on a prophetic level. And a big part of it is this. This is the 75th year of the refounding of the great nation of Israel. And like, why is that a big deal? Because, see, whenever Abraham, from, from the fall of Adam to the birth of Abraham, is 1,948 years. From the resurrection of Jesus Christ to the resurrection of Israel is 1948, 1,948 years. In the year that uh, Abraham turned 75 years old, God Almighty spoke to him and said, come out of this foreign nation into a new land that I will show you and I will be in covenant with you, which you and I know is the nation of Israel. And now this, the 75th year of the rebirth of Israel, Jews from all over the world, first beginning at the Ukraine by the millions, are now coming from all the nations of the world. They're hearing God speak and saying, we are no longer protected within our own nations and within our, within our own borders. We have to get to the promised land, just like Abraham did when he was 75 years old. I see the whole thing lines up and Jesus is coming back soon. Amen. Wow. He really is. That's powerful. That is powerful. <laughs> Amen. You know, we are fighting an enemy that says, you know, it's a trend on social media right now. They're saying they must destroy the Saturday people being right. the people of Israel, and then they'll destroy the Sunday people, which are us believers, Christians. They also call our great nation of America the big Satan, and they call Israel the little Satan. And we have leaders within our own uh, judicial system right now who are supporting this notion. We have leaders that have been voted in that support this. Troy, as we enter this election year, what concerns you the most? Well, there's there's something of the church that concerns me, and I want to I, I will speak about that last. But the first thing that I would say is this: uh, the same jokers that were in charge of the last election are in charge of this election, and um, people were not it was not transparent, and people were not even allowed to ask questions. And when they did, they were railroaded, and there were so many crazy things that happened. I would expect a lot of chaos before the election, during the election and after the election, because it's all planned, and they have enough teams to be able to do this. Um, I hope and pray in the name of King Jesus that we get a president, unlike the president that we have right now, that is for America, for our borders, will stand with Israel, and is a pro-church candidate. 
And I'm hoping and praying for that in Jesus' name as an American and as a church leader and as somebody who stands with Israel, that's what I'm hoping for. Now that I've said that, and I want to say this, there was something that happened, and I would like to bring this up, and I would say this. It's very, I think that, I think that we failed a big test last time when President Trump was in office. I think the body of Christ failed a big test, and I'd like to share it with you and tell you we can't get it wrong this time. That during the time of the Trump presidency, we were so blessed with uh, a president and with an administration that was so pro-church. And man, I was so grateful. And then, of course, our borders were shut down. Uh, we did not have illegal immigration and invasions and terrible people coming into our nation. He stood with Israel. I was actually in uh, Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, which is the day that we moved the uh, the uh, ambassadorship from uh, the embassy, I should say, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. A lot of people missed it that that was the day of Pentecost. I was there, and I was there doing, you know, we rescue kids, and we were there rescuing kids while we were there. And that, I just happened to be there during that time, and I was like, my God, praise Jesus. But I want to tell you this. President Trump surrounded himself with a council of church leaders and amazing godly people that came in and gave him counsel and prayed for him and talked with him. But I'll tell you something that happened that I don't think is good, and it's this. The church left the office acting more like Trump than the church left the office and, and Trump acted more like uh, the church. And there was kind of a backwash that took place last time. And while it is very good, and while I'm someone who is very politically motivated and politically activated, if the body of Jesus is not involved in our politics, we're done. And we have to be involved. However, I would say this. In Washington, D.C., there is a spirit, no matter who is the candidate there, and the Word of God calls it the spirit of Herod. And the spirit of Herod is something that if it gets into the church, if things don't go exactly the way we want it to go politically— all of a sudden we shut down and one third of all of our churches do not reopen. That happened. All of a sudden we shut down and we say, well, the prophetic doesn't work anymore. That happened. And that's, that is a backwash from the spirit of Herod and the leaven of Herod that we allowed to get involved in the body of Christ last time. This time I'm saying, let's get it right. Let's be pro-America, but let's be pro-Jesus, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And the spirit that we bring must be the spirit of the living God. Yes. yes. Amen. 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 Pastor Troy, you've been involved with rescuing boys and girls from sex trafficking all around the world. Your ministry is doing a tremendous work. Now, we had recently seen uh, in this last year of 2023, a movie come out called The Sound of Freedom. Now, how realistic is The Sound of Freedom compared to the trafficking that you have personally encountered for 30 years? Wow, that's a great question, because it's kind of like asking a fireman, hey, how did you like this fireman movie? Or asking a policeman, what did you think about the policeman movie? And I want to tell you this, are you ready? I loved the movie. I loved it. I was so grateful for it on so many different levels. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it's a, it's, you know, people are talking about how shocking it is. It's so mild for those of us that are actually involved uh, in this and have been involved in this for decades. It's a very mild version, but it needed to be a mild version. Um, 
I enjoyed the movie and I was blown away because in the movie they go to Leticia, Colombia, and then they get on a riverboat, they go up and they rescue a girl. Well, our base in the Amazon is in Leticia, Colombia. And then the, the, we rescue kids by going up the river exactly like they portrayed in the movie. And then the people we rescue them from are from those socialist and communist-based guerrillas that are there who enslave children and enslave villagers. And so that was very accurate. And I mean, I know from firsthand, I can also tell you this, you can tell what a tree is by the fruit that it bears. And there was literally a revival that happened within the body of Jesus. And I saw it. I, I, I didn't know that I would ever see it concerning being a true abolitionist and hating slavery and saying, no, if the body of Jesus doesn't do this, nobody else is coming. I saw that movie do that. Um, and you're like, well, it was just a movie. It was just a movie. But so, you know, Uncle Tom's Cabin was just a book. That's all it was. And once Uncle Tom, once the book Uncle Tom's Cabin got into the psyche of the American people, they started asking this, hey, can you believe that this trash is going on all around us and we're not doing anything about it? And it was the abolitionist movement was triggered through a cultural book and it happened within the body of King Jesus and it went all the way to the 13th Amendment that was passed and, and, and the end of the Civil War. I think exactly like that. I think that something was ignited through this movie and I'm so grateful for the producers and the actors and how they put it out because I saw the change happen this year and up until this time of this movie, when we would tell churches about slavery throughout the world and what we're seeing and how we're fighting it, it was like, it just kind of, it kind of dinged off of people. It was like, it was too much to grasp, but the movie actually introduced it to uh, the church worldwide and said, this is your response. This is your responsibility. And if you don't show up, nobody's coming. So I'm truly grateful. Amen. That's right. It made the church open their eyes truly. And it, it did. we have to now have an answer. We can no longer say, oh, it doesn't exist. It's not there. No, we have seen it. And there must be a response That's right. from the church. Now, Pastor Troy, with our open border and the uh, southern border, excuse me, across you know Arizona, across our Texas, across our California, do you feel like the open border plays a role in the aid of sex trafficking? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it does, brother. You need to know this. I work on the borders. We have rescue centers all over. Mondo's been to one of those with me. He actually went down to the border with me. Uh, brother Mondo, man, he, he braved up and he went down there with me, met a whole lot of my rescued uh, girls and my rescued boys, visited one of our rescued homes. What trafficking was on the border before three years ago is, com is a completely different planet as to what trafficking is right now. Um, there's, there's three reasons why any human being is trafficked. Number one, uh, it's, it's for sexual purposes. Number two, it is for the, the harvesting of their organs, their physical organs. And number three, it's for just flat out servitude, laborer servitude. All of those things have gone through the roof uh, and, and literally into numbers that we cannot, I, I, I'm not capable of counting them. I, I'm not capable of keeping up with it. However bad that you think trafficking is on the border, it's way, way worse than that. And meanwhile, the world yawns and uh, leaves the wall down and the borders open. And meanwhile, children and women and boys and girls are being enslaved every single day while it's supposed to be on our watch and there's nobody on watch. 
That's right. In church, we must have a response for this. Church, we must be the ones with the response for this. You have to get involved at your local level. You have to get involved at your state level and at yeah. your federal level. We must not allow our voices to be silenced in any capacity. That's right. Now, Mado, could you give us an update on the latest news on the U.S. border? Absolutely. I want to show you a report of 85% of migrants are being released into the United States. Watch this. Sources say DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas told Border Patrol agents that more than 85 percent, that's a whopping number, of migrants at the border are released into the U.S. Fox is also told that Mayorkas shared the stat after he was asked about this comment he made last week. Would it be surprise you to hear that CBP sources say that currently they are releasing more than 70 percent of the migrants crossing every day? It would not uh, it would not surprise me at all. I know the data and I will tell you that when individuals are released, they are released into immigration enforcement proceedings. So did Alejandro Mayorkas just lie to Brett Baer on our air? Absolutely. And he's been lying to the American people for years. Um, but since Joe Biden took, uh, took office, there have been hundreds of thousands, millions of illegal aliens released into our borders. And when they are examined, uh, then we have to take them at their word, their name, their origin, their date of birth. We don't know who these people are. Right now, this is not just people from Mexico. It's not just people from Central and South America. They're people from all over the world. And right now, with our open border, right now with wars in the Middle East, right now with the world on fire, every day in America where we have an open border is October 6th for Israel in America. Every day is September 10th in America with this open border under the Biden administration and Secretary Mayorkas' failure. You know, our open borders, Pastor Troy, have become one of the most important areas for sex traffickers. Can you paint the picture once again for the church listening right now? What truly happens at the border right now and why we must close it down and get control of it? Okay, so there's a couple of, there's there's something really big that a lot of people don't understand how it works, and I, and I do want to lay it out, and I appreciate the opportunity, Brother Mondo, and I love you guys so much. Number one, that is a lie, what was just said. That was a lie. The same, the same exact people that are saying, don't worry, we're 70% of these people are released into this program are the same exact people that are saying that there's no problem at the borders. And so just there you go. I mean, uh, of course, I mean, I mean, it's not just it's not just ignorance. It's not just, well, I made a mistake. No, no, no. It is a lie. And it's a fashioned lie that has been fashioned by a group of people so that they can create as much chaos as they actually want to. Now that I've said that, what what happens on the border on our side is what we're all worried about. But let me if you want to know what what it, what's going to happen, all you have to do is look on the other side of the border. Because what happens is this. Once the word gets out that the border is open, the cartels go through countries throughout all of Central and South, of, uh, all of Central and South America, and they start saying, okay, we can get you guys across. You guys pay us $2,000, $5,000, something. We can get you across. And then, and then these caravans start, and then people start coming. Some people actually fly into Mexico knowing that they can get across the border. But what happens is this. When the families come into the airports, when the people come into Mexico, the cartel is there waiting and they're looking them and they have a grocery bill of what kind of human beings that they want and how they want them. 
Some of them, they want them to bring drugs across. Some of them, they want them uh, for sexual purposes. Some of them, they want to straight out murder and they want to film that. Some of them, they want them for organs. That process is actually taking deep, deep, deep. It's taking place deep within the nation of Mexico. And no one is going to govern that. No one is going to govern that. What brings all of these people to these ravenous animals is the fact that our borders are down. And then imagine this. Those people are sifted through before they even get to the border. So there's already been a huge mess of trafficking that's already taken place. And then once they get to the border, they are still reliant upon the monsters that invited them there with the promise of you're going to get all kinds of free stuff. And think about that. What kind of people are coming into this nation with, hey, we're here to get something for free. They're not going through the judicial system. They're not going through the proper way to do it. They're not going through the legal way to do it. And so so therefore, uh, they come across the border and then they are divided up. The women and the kids are divided from the men. The men are divided from them. And that's one of the reasons why you see that, man, there's all these these young warrior age men that are coming across there. Those are not just armies that are coming across. Those are armies being formed because they've been separated from their families. And here's what they're telling them. If you don't do what we say, we'll kill your wife and and we will kill your kids. That's what they're doing. And then then they're moving them across here. And then they have warehouses of kids. They have warehouses of women. And the most unimaginable things that you can imagine, you cannot imagine, and that I've seen firsthand, are are actually taking place. And then these men, these young men, will do anything that they are told to do. They will move drugs. They will murder they will steal, they will, cause, they, will, they will be a part of riots, they will cause chaos, they will disrupt, they'll do anything that they're told to do because of how they're separated before they get to the border. Most people are completely unaware of that entire process. Uh, wow. Wow. I have to say so, I have to get in here. Okay, Troy, I, it's Lori. Listen, what you just explained was the most brilliant, easy to understand what's happening at our at the yes. southern border. This Troy Brewer, Pastor Troy Brewer just told you guys, he just told us all That's right. exactly how this takes place. It is unimaginable. I can't imagine it, Pastor Troy. What you, you, you're, you're saying warehouses of children, warehouses of women, warehouses of different types of human beings? And, yeah, and wow. It's, it's so true. What do we do as a church? What do we do? I mean, I know we pray. Of course we pray. It's almost too much to take in our hearts. But what do we, what what can we do, Pastor Troy? You know what, sweet friend? And Lori, I love you so much. And I so appreciate your tender heart. I would say this, first of all, this is not a threat of something we're going to have to deal with one of these days. This is something we do have to deal with right now. And so we can no longer avoid the issue We can no longer put it off and say it's somebody else's business. This is the role of the body of Jesus because, again, if the church doesn't answer this, nobody else is coming. The church can survive without America, but America cannot survive without the church. And we have to take our roles. We have to take our place. Our voices must be heard, and then we have to be activated. I would say this. The first thing I would say for everybody is this. Number one, never ignore this situation again and speak the truth and shine light on anything that you see as a lie and say, that's not true. That's not true. This is what's true. Number two is this, rescue the rescuers. Rescue the people. And there's, there's 
the few ministries and, that are doing something and the rescues that are actually doing something for every church that is listening to me. If you have a missionary that's on the border, I promise you, you need to step up your support to those people. And you need to help them and you need to help them dream and say, okay, if you have the ability to be able to do it, what would you do? That's what we have done with all of our teams all over the world. And we've rescued more than 10,000 boys and girls, 10,000. And we're just one church. And we've been able as one church to rescue more than 10,000 boys and girls out of sexual slavery. We have 4,000 children under our care right now because we simply decided to rescue the rescuers. For anyone that is a voice that is against this, support them. For anyone that is actually arresting people and shutting down things, find out who those people are and support them and help them at every single level of government. And I would say those things, those things are very practical ways to be involved in this. Recently, you talked earlier about a, a trip down to Cancun. Will you tell us about that? Redemption Road? Well, yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. So we went down to Cancun and we rescued two girls, a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old. I spoke at the International Summit Against Human Trafficking, and I did that, and that went very well. And then we built a rescue center that was there specifically for trafficked girls. Now, now how it works in the nation of Mexico, and by the way, I want to just, I, I have to say this, we have a great working relationship with so many, with so many government officials in the nation of Mexico, far more than we have now in the United States. And I'm so grateful because there's really godly people in different levels of the government there that are like, this is crazy. And who are the people that are willing to fight it? And it's one thing to rescue a kid. It's another thing to raise the kids. That's a whole nother thing. And so we do all three. We create awareness, we rescue, and we also uh, raise. And so in the midst of that, we found out what's it going to take for us to get into compliance with the nation and say, uh, who all do we have to have if, it's, if it is a secure center and it's completely secure and we take in uh, girls that have been officially trafficked, which there's not that many because most nations of the world do not even recognize trafficking. And up until recently, Mexico has been one of those. They've, they've said, just like, just like what America says, just like what Hollywood has said, oh, no, that's not, that's not real. That doesn't happen. Mexico, of course, has, has had voices within their government, just like the American government, who has, who has said the same thing. We got into compliance, which means we had to hire a psychologist, we had to hire a police team, we had to hire a doctor, and then we had to hire the staff for us to be able to take in uh, kids that are officially recognized by the government that have been trafficked. And in the midst of that, we, we rescued a 14-year-old girl and a 16-year-old girl, and we had five cartel guys that were busted and also a Mexican government official. And that got on the news and it made national attention. I mean, it was on every news channel in the whole nation. And it happened on the 200th anniversary of Mexico as well. It was just the timing of King Jesus. So because of that, they said, all right, well, there is obviously a problem. Do we have any rescue centers here that are actually in compliance with the government that can do that? I can tell you that even though there are millions and millions and millions of children being trafficked in Mexico, there's only 14 official houses that hold traffic kids, 14, not 1,400, not 14,000, 14, and that's it. And when we have four of them. And so the next day after we left there or after we opened up this new facility, uh, they busted a new bunch of cartel guys. They did their job. And then they brought us this beautiful little girl, another 16 year old girl who was abducted when she was 10 years old. And she spent her first night of freedom with us 
and uh, she's just beautiful. I just love her so much. So, yeah, so there you go. That actually just took place, and now I'm going to go back again next week, and we're about to rescue a whole bunch more kids. Oh. Wow. Amen. Wow, Pastor Troy, amazing. Pastor Troy, what's the uh, age range of the girls and boys who you rescue? The age range, that's a very fascinating question. We just rescued a child one week ago that's four days old. So it was in the market, was being sold, was four days old. So it goes from the youngest child we've ever rescued was less than a few hours old. And we were able to literally buy that human being, buy that child uh, in an illegal market where they, where they sell human beings. And in these markets, it's, they give you a grocery list and it's exactly like going to buy a car. Hey, uh, the first girl that comes out, she's 12 years old. She's brown-headed. Uh, she's got black eyes. Uh, she's dark-skinned, and uh, she weighs so much. And she and her and it literally gives her dimensions. And then people are in those rooms holding up phones, and they have buyers on the other end, and people are buying those human beings. Uh, we we literally our our youngest child that we've ever got has been less than a few hours old. The oldest uh, person that we've ever got was uh, 51. I think she was 51 years old. Most of these girls do not survive to even be in their mid-20s. And uh, this woman had, had became enslaved when she was in her 40s because of a debt. And uh, they came and got her and said, your family can't pay off the debt. And she agreed, well, there's nothing. Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to be a slave. And she, she was a slave. And we got her when she was 51 or 52. Most of the kids that we have are between the ages, I would say, of nine and, and 16. I would say between eight, between probably probably eight years old and 16. Wow. So from hours old of to 50 plus years old, this is not an epidemic happening to just one age group. This is an epidemic happening to an entire people group. And we as the church must have an answer. Troy, I have heard talks of a new pregnancy center. Can you tell us here at the PTL family about that? My goodness, I sure can. We, we, we're opening up pregnancy centers all over the place um, because we're rescuing so many girls that are pregnant. Uh, we had actually an 11-year-old give birth last year. We had several 12-year-olds give birth last year. And so these are baby girls that are having to raise babies now, and they need special homes that, that, that take care of them. Uh, we have a, 15, a 14, 15, and 16-year-old girl in Columbia that's about to give birth. And I can't wait to see their babies, can't wait to love on them. I'm their Papa Troy. And, but they have to have a special facility. Just exactly like that here in the United States, since the, the miraculous overturn of Roe v. Wade, um, we have to answer evil with the goodness. We have to answer evil with the goodness of the Lord. You know, Lori has been so instrumental in helping girls raise their babies, birth their babies, and the amazing work that you guys have done there. I've, I've seen the pictures. I've seen the place. It's incredible. Um, just exactly like that. We just opened up a new one uh, in Whittier, California, which is East L.A., and I was there with Pastor Brian Boat in City Reach Church. And uh, because, because California is becoming the abortion capital of the United States since the overturn of Roe v. Wade, and people are coming from all over the nation there to have abortions, the body of Jesus has to have an answer and say, you know what, you can have an abortion there, but you can have family here, and we want to help you, and we want to love you, and we want to help you all the way through this process and then afterwards. We are committed. We have a yes in our spirit. We don't care what it costs. It's not about a budget. It's about your life. And uh, people need to be able to see that from us. 
Amen. Amen. And that's why we have Lori's house. I'm, I'm, I totally, we totally understand. Then Troy, your heart, I'm just, I'm just so blown away by you guys and the work you do in your heart, your heart. And, and it has to be hard sometimes to look at it though. When you, I mean, how how do you not get a hard heart? How do you keep your heart? That's a great question. That's a, that's an excellent question. And I love you so much. I got to ask you the same thing after all that you've been through. How are you not sitting there with a hard heart? You know what? You love Jesus and you have a yes in your spirit, Lori. And you've just said, you know what? I'm going to be madly in love with the Lord every single day of the week. I, I stay passionate because I, I try and stay on the front lines as much as I can. I want, I have to see transformed lives. I had to have supernatural encounters. You know, we saw, we saw a little girl that was nonverbal last year, instantly healed whenever I prayed for her. And she'd been so traumatized, she couldn't speak. And then all of a sudden, she, and we've actually seen that miracle several different times. So being on the front line, seeing transformed lives, uh, actually understanding the fight that we're involved in, and then also seeing the miracles of the Lord, that's a real big part of it. And as, as much of the darkness that I know and I'm aware of, I'm also aware of how precious these little girls' lives are. And and when they start calling me Papa Troy, and when they start loving me like a daddy, I, I'm going to tell you, they own me, and I melt. And uh, uh, that's what I got into ministry for, and I didn't even know it. I just got in because I love Jesus, and I was hoping I would see good things happen. I never imagined that I would see lives changed and transformed and the way that we are and it is truly, I call it, I call it, Lori, I call it a terrible privilege. And you know that from Lori's house and from the girls that you're helping to have babies. It's, it's times that it can be terrible, but it is a terrible privilege. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good word. I love it. And having a yes in your spirit. Troy. Oh, yes. Boy, that's a good word. Just if we would all take that from this broadcast today. To, of course, love King Jesus, and I love how Amen. Pastor yes. Troy says King Jesus. Every time you say it, I'm my spirit inside is just jumping up and down. King Jesus, hallelujah! Oh, I love it. I love it, and 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 of course, having the yes in your spirit, and that's what it's about is loving Him, just falling in love with Jesus and making Him your everything, every Amen. single minute of every single day of your whole entire life, and having that yes in your spirit, whatever. King Jesus asks us to do. That's right. Absolutely. I Seek you first the kingdom, right? Seek you first the that's kingdom. Right. So say yes first and go after it. And then the Lord will line everything up in the wake that is following you. And uh, that's very much how we live our lives. And I see that you guys do too. And I'm so proud of y'all. I'm so proud of you. Amen. And I think it's important that you know, if you're watching this broadcast right now, that the PTL television network, the PTL family, the Jim Baker show, yes. we support the Open Door Church in Burleson, yes, Texas, absolutely. with Pastor Troy Brewer, the work he is doing. We absolutely stand behind him 100%. And we want you to go out and stand behind him as well. Yes, what yes. he is doing is a tremendous work. It is a necessary work. He has chosen for the last 30 plus years to not turn a blind eye to a very real issue, to put himself in life or death yes. situations for someone else. And Thank isn't that what Lord. the Lord has done for us? Yes, Hasn't I... the Lord brought himself yeah. down, made himself a man yeah. so that he could die on a cross for yeah. our sins, yeah. so that he could Thank take you. our place because we do not deserve the goodness of God, yet he still gives it to us. Now, there is a lot of boys and girls being trafficked right now who may be in a situation Jeez. where they feel like, I do not deserve the goodness from anyone, but we have people instrumental like Pastor Troy Brewer who pulls them out of their current situation 
and he lets them know, know your identity is not a slave. Know your identity is not someone who is simply to run drugs. Know your identity is not someone who was born for their organs to be harvested. Mm. Know your identity is a son and a daughter of the living yes. Christ Jesus. Yes. That is why we support Amen. Pastor Troy Brewer. Yes. I so, love, go ahead. Well, I was just wondering how the body of Christ can help. How can yes. we help? How can we help you, Troy? How can the body of Christ help you? Oh, my goodness. Number one, just the fact that y'all love me is such a big deal. And I can vouch for what they're saying. These people do support us. Uh, they support us in every way. Mondo has per personally come and gone with me. Uh, you guys uh, get me on your shows all the time, and you, you tell everybody about me. And then also, you guys have stood with me financially in a very big way. And so everybody that is supporting this, everybody that supports PTL in any way, you're already being a part of this. And so they're not lying when they say that they stand with me because they do. These, these are truly my friends. We are brothers and sisters in Christ and we really do love each other. I would just say that, you know, um, yeah, get involved, find out as much as you can. If you wanna help us, find out, uh, go to our website, uh, go to troybrewer.com, go to odx.tv, and just start to look and start to do your own research. Uh, go to our rescue stories and learn about what we do and see what your involvement can be. It looks a little bit different for everybody, uh, but you're more than welcome to jump in however you possibly can. Absolutely. Amen, absolutely. And if you want to know more, he is on our PTL television network. You can go download the app. You can go uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and you can learn more about what Troy is doing for this community. Now, I need you to stand with us as the PTL family. It is because of you, it's because of the monthly support that we are still here, that we still get to continue to broadcast around the world. And 2024 has come, and the decree to go out and preach the gospel to every nation has not changed, and you are the reason that we get to do yes. such things. Now, we have $10 a month, mm -hmm. $30 a month, $50 or $100. I believe you're part of the $100 I, a I, month I, I'm, club. Yes, the, it's Dad's club, the President's it's club. The president's so when, club. when right. he said that, when Jim Baker said that, a few years back, he That's came right. up with the President's Club. I'm like, I want to be the first member, honey. I want to be part of your club. Here. That's true. So, but it's exciting to give yes. unto the Lord. It and is to the, and, and, and I love it when I see that I, my my money, you know, came out of my account yeah. and, and it came to the ministry. And I'm just, I love being a yeah. part of that because it, it, there's so much we get to talk to you. We get to have Pastor Troy Brewer talk to you, share with us what? he shared with us today. It's so exciting. That's right. And the PTL Television Network would not be here if it wasn't for our faithful partners. That's right. If it wasn't for you watching right now, who I'm speaking to, if it wasn't for you, the PTL Television Network, the Jim Baker Show, wouldn't be here. So on behalf of us, I would like to say thank you. Yeah. Thank you for standing with us yeah. in prayer. Thank you for standing with us in financial support. And thank you for continuously standing with us as the year 2024 goes on. Pastor Troy Brewer, we want to thank you for being on the show yes. today. Our time is out today. Yes. And as Pastor Jim Baker always says, God loves you. He really does. Bye-bye for today. Bye-bye. <laughs> we love you.